0: Hello there and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. And so brings episode 25, meaning it is the first Star Wars comics in canon question and answers episode. Thank you to everyone who's listened so far, 25 episodes already, that's mental, that's basically half a year I've been doing this, and Genuine Chit Chat, my other show, just surpassed its 100th episode, and I've been doing that for three years as well. So lots of fun and lots of little milestones that I'm seemingly achieving in the podcasting realm, which I'm excited about, but let's crack on with this. So i got some questions from you guys, Uh, I've got some of my friends to ask some, I've got uh, people I collaborate with to ask some, and a couple of you guys sort of sent me other messages or emails and things, Um, and pretty much no one specifically said that they wanted me to give them a shout out or anything like that, except the only person really, or the only people, was Tony Farina of Indie Comic Spotlight and Max Byrne of Mandatory Marvel and DC, both of which their shows can be found on this very feed that you are listening to. Uh, so yeah, just look out for it. Indie Comic Spotlight. That's Tony's. And Max Byrne had, had, he had a little bit of a break from releasing episodes of Mandatory Marvel and DC, but to my knowledge, he's going to be releasing more coming up over the coming weeks and things. So be sure to check out that. And I have featured on both of their shows as well. So even more reason to go listen. I will also say that I mentioned in prior episodes that I was going to speak about Count Dooku in this one because people asked me about that. But what I'm actually going to do is next week, I'm going to do an episode just about Dooku. Um, I want to start the Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion and Age of Resistance comics, which are all just groups of one-shot comics about good guys and bad guys or heroes and villains as they call them in the comics and they're just one shot comics, they're just one offs about different characters. Some of them are really cool, some of them are not as cool, they're quite hit and miss and things. And I thought that because a character like Dooku, he's prominent in the films but you know he went bad he was Qui-Gon's master where's all this information how do people find out about this well I thought instead of having to listen to the audio drama Dooku Jedi Lost and read Master of Apprentice the book which I just finished which is excellent as well as reading the comic and doing other research in various places as well I thought I would do a lot of the research anyway and just do an episode about Dooku. So if you're trying to listen out for one of the Dooku questions, I apologize. Next week, I'm just going to do an episode all about Count Dooku and why he's called Count at certain points and just called Dooku at other points, why he became evil, you know, all that sort of uh, jazz, how he's involved with Qui-Gon. Uh, and I just finished the Master and Apprentice book, which is amazing. And that goes into it in quite a lot of detail and things. So I'll get into all that next week one of the questions I was asked is recommendations for first-time readers. I appreciate that a lot of you guys who listen uh, either aren't really that into comics, don't have the time or the money to go and buy all these uh, constant amount of Star Wars comics and things, and a lot of people aren't actually that interested in all of the comics and quite like me sort of summarising and things. However, I know a lot of people are kind of maybe seem overwhelmed, especially now I'm on episode 25 and I've done quite a lot of different comics in this so far and there's still quite a lot to go. Some people are quite overwhelmed of where really to start. So I thought You know, people ask me, so I thought I'd give my recommendations. So Really I'd say the crown jewel of the Star Wars comics are the Darth Vader f- series. Um, there's the, there's three of them. One of them is currently still going on and the other two have been finished. Now one of them I am speaking about currently in the run of Star Wars comics in canon and that is the first run of Vader comics. That's written by Kieran Gillen. It introduces the character Dr. Aphra who's becoming more and more prominent and I'll get onto her in more detail a little bit later. It obviously focuses on Darth Vader who is an unbelievably cool villain if not one of the greatest villains in cinema history uh, regardless of people's thoughts on the prequels and anakin we can all agree that darth vader from the original trilogy is incredibly badass now what the comics do really really well is give a really good insight into how powerful he is some of the struggles he went through and really bring a lot of depth to his character now One way I can kind of show this in a good way is probably in Rogue One. um, I would presume everyone's seen Rogue One. Hopefully everyone has seen all the Star Wars films by now. I won't be talking about any spoilers of Rise of Skywalker, I don't think. But, you know, if you haven't watched Rogue One by now and you're worried about spoilers, it's a bit late for that. But, you know... The end of Rogue One has most people's favorite Vader scene, or at least one of the coolest scenes of Vader. He goes in the hallway with all the rebels, and he's just slicing people down as they're trying to frantically get the Death Star plans away from him. Now, people love that. People think that's one of the best Vader scenes. I'd be inclined to agree with them. Uh, I think my personal favorite Vader is probably the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, when him and Luke are fighting. I love that scene in Star Wars. But with Vader, as we all know him... He doesn't have that much time to shine as a true badass. You know, you just hear about a lot of things that he does being badass and then you see little snippets of it. What the Vader comic does is it gives you what you want. You know, it, there's five volumes of it technically. There's four volumes, but there's really five. And to explain that is volume one, volume two, the Vader down annual volume three volume four but the vader down is set between volumes two and three and the vader down comic is a crossover comic between the main star wars run of comics and the first darth vader run of comics so obviously when i'm doing these episodes and things a lot of the time i do it in volumes you know there's volume one which is normally about four or five comics usually and it's one story arc now what Vader Down did is, is actually, you know, when comics come out normally, they come out once a month or maybe twice a month, but I think Star Wars it's generally once a month. So once a month you get these comics come out one issue at a time, and what Vader Down did is it's a crossover. So what happened is they released a one-off, which was Vader Down, and then the next issue in the story arc was one of the Vader episodes, so it was as in... It was one of the Vader comics, so you had to get Vader down, then I think it was Darth Vader 13, then you had to get Star Wars number 13, then Darth Vader number 14, then Star Wars number 14, and then Darth Vader number 15. I'm pretty certain that was the the correct numbers. Um, But essentially, that made the story arc of Vader down. It's a very clever way that publishers use to be able to get people who are only listening or reading one comic series and then they can, you know, if you cross-pollinate the audiences, you make it so you have to buy ones from the other comic series, a lot of the time people will then cross over. And that's what I did. I actually started off with Dr. Aphra in the comics. I'll go into that another time as uh, another point as well. But I started off with that, and she did a crossover event with the main run of Star Wars comics. Then I got into the main run of Star Wars comics. Then I got into the Darth Vader comics, and da-da-da-da-da. It goes from there. So my recommendation for first-time listeners as i said darth vader is the best way to go now the main difference between the two runs of vader comics is that the first run of vader comics they're both generally around the same sort of time i think they're both 25 issues long in total Uh, i may be wrong slightly there but i think that's around i think that's right and essentially the first run of them which is just called darth vader that's written by kieran gillen introduces dr afro and i've spoken about it in this uh, series and as i said there are basically five volumes if you want to get the complete one it is the four as well as vader down because i'd say vader down is probably one of the best vader stories there is you really get to see how powerful he is and how ruthless he can be now the second run of vader comics is called darth vader dark lord of the sith i'm pretty certain in almost none of the comics it says that anywhere it's just referred to that whenever you buy it somewhere or on wikipedia or anywhere online things like that now i although the i would say the afro comics add a lot to vader my personal favorite are the dark lord of the sith ones now the dark lord of the sith ones they're written by charles saul and they are actually set just after revenge of the sith in fact the first comic is an extended scene of when vader is first in his suit and he does that no bit which completely annoys me <laughs> um but when he does that bit there's more to it in canon straight after that he has an interaction with uh, palpatine he actually force pushes palpatine across the room uh palpatine doesn't like that very much uh and it shows vader struggling with what he's done because in revenge of the sith he's kind of swept up in the dark side and he's going around killing people and children uh and so he you know he doesn't really have time to think very much. Once most of the jedi are gone and him and palpatine are then just left ruling the galaxy he has a lot more time to kind of see who he is and he struggles with it a lot and a lot of it is him dealing with the death of padme and him not being able to let go which is a very common theme throughout anakin's life i will be getting onto that series darth vader dark lord of the sith um at some point in the future i haven't exactly decided when but It's really good. It's got some of the best Vader in it, I think, as well. He's very powerful, but it also shows him as a person, which I really like. So those are the ones that I would probably say if you're much if you're okay with the prequels, you know, go for Dark Lord of the Sith, made by Charles Saul. If you really are against the prequels and you only want original trilogy stuff and you kind of want things more in a chronological order in some ways, I guess I'd say for the Darth Vader ones. It also introduces Afro, which is really cool. And then when you finish the Darth Vader first run of comics, you can then go on to the doctor Afra main run series uh which is chronologically set straight after the vader comics or you can go back and do the other ones um the other ones i'd say as a little sort of nice little nod offs if you for some reason don't want to read the coolest comics ever which is Darth Vader Um, there's the Heroes for a New Hope collection which I've mentioned before that includes Princess Leia Chewbacca and Lando's miniseries they're all really good in their own right they're quite fun Uh, and then the other two miniseries I really recommend is the Rise of Kylo Ren which is also written by Charles Saul and the Lando comic that i previously mentioned is also written by charles saul uh the rise of kylo ren is really good it shows how kylo ren went from ben solo to kylo ren a lot more how he became the leader of the knights of ren and how he bled his lightsaber crystal and also i will say the rise of kylo ren and the second run of vader comics so both things written by charles saul both show bleeding of lightsaber crystals so the Darth Vader comics go into how his lightsaber goes from blue to red essentially it's not quite that simple it's not really his lightsaber because obviously Obi-Wan takes his lightsaber from him in Revenge of the Sith and eventually Luke gets it at some point and then it Luke loses it and then it eventually gets to Maz Kanada and then it goes to Rey but bleed you don't just get a red lightsaber crystal when you don't just click a button and it changes colors like it does in Jedi Fallen Order you have to bleed it to make it red and it's a really cool thing to see when you see Vader do it I think it's a lot more cinematically cool to see but when Kylo Ren does it it's really really good too and there to my knowledge the only two times in canon that you actually get to see someone bleeding a lightsaber crystal so I really recommend those and the other one would be the Darth Maul miniseries uh, which is just a really cool prequel essentially to Phantom Menace and and Darth Maul is one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. And if you've only seen the films, you'd be like, "What? he's on screen for like five minutes in, in uh, Phantom Menace and he has barely any speaking lines. And then he's on screen once in solo for, I think, about 40 seconds. How could he be my favorite? Well, he's in the series quite a lot. And I'll go into that a little bit more in a moment. So just for that first question, recommendations for first-time listeners. I'd really recommend the main run of Darth Vader comics, the first one. I'd really recommend the second run of Darth Vader comics as well. I'd recommend Heroes for a New Hope, The Rise of Kylo Ren, and the Darth Maul series. Heroes for a New Hope is three miniseries within it. Rise of Kylo Ren's a miniseries, Darth Maul's a miniseries, and the two Vader runs are quite long. So I'd really recommend those and then also because of the crossover events and Dr. get introduced and all sorts of other things it helps you kind of figure out where you want to go from there too but I want to say anyone who is a bit overwhelmed by what I just said or anything like that or maybe isn't doesn't really want to get into Darth Vader you can always email me or contact me and I'll give you any recommendation I will just say the main run of Star Wars comics I do like and I think they are good and if you absolutely love Luke Skywalker um I would say go for them. But they're quite Luke Skywalker-centric layers in it, and so is Han Solo, and so is uh, Chewie. But the main run of Star Wars comics are set straight after a New Hope, as is the main run of the first main run of Darth Vader comics. They're both set after New Hope, and they do crossover. As I said, the Darth Vader, the Vader down crossover event, the, the two uh, runs do run parallel, Star Wars and the Darth Vader comics. But I will say the main run of Star Wars comics is less consistent. It's a lot longer, it's a bit... I wouldn't say it's up and down necessarily it just doesn't have as many moments and you're just like oh man that's amazing whereas the Vader comics really did that for me the next little question I've got here is about animated series now obviously the the four main Star Wars series out there are the Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance and the Mandalorian now I'd say the Mandalorian is amazing obviously love the Mandalorian but most people have seen it because it's live action it's brand new there's only... eight episodes i think and so you can you can basically blitz it all in a day really or a weekend maybe Uh, and obviously series two is coming back uh, october 30th i believe and i think it's going to be released one episode at a time just like the first series was which we're all very excited for but aside from that a lot of people are you know hear about clone wars or rebels and resistance kind of want to know where to go i would say bluntly don't watch resistance i'm trying it again i'm giving it another go i'm about eight or nine episodes in and it's okay i'm trying to watch it because i want to be able to watch all the star wars series and be able to have given them all a go properly and also i've got this insatiable lust for canon content so i just want to kind of consume lots of star wars content resistance is aimed at a much younger audience if you have kids and they're really into the sequel trilogy uh and you want to watch stuff with them resistance is perfect if you have kids i'd say some of the characters are a little bit annoying uh, for me and the main character is also quite annoying but they get better. As it is going on, it's becoming less annoying, but I'd still say it's definitely not the strongest, and I think that's evidence because there's only two series of it. Now, Clone Wars and Rebels are a bit more complicated. Rebels is a very consistent, brilliant series. I think from the start, maybe the first couple of episodes, one could argue is a little bit on the younger side, but I think once you get into it, it more than enough, I won't spoil any of it because I don't want to ruin things, but there's certain characters that are in Clone Wars that reappear in Rebels. So I think that if you watch Clone Wars first, it will pay off better in Rebels. However, you don't have to watch Clone Wars to watch Rebels, but if you're going to watch them both, I really recommend watching Clone Wars first. Now, Rebels, I think, is more consistent. There's four seasons of that. You should watch every episode because it's all brilliant and it's a big storyline. So every episode kind of generally has its own thing, but it contributes to a big storyline and things happen in these little episodes that do continue on for the next ones one of the issues i have of clone wars is that they're in arcs and so story arcs so the whole of clone wars there's there's general continuing storyline to a degree but when they were made they were kind of made so you could watch one episode at a time and not really have to watch the other ones to understand what's going on and the problem is with that is the the start of them is always a recap and there's um captain Ularin or admiral Ularin speaking over and talking about things and you know what's happening in the universe and it's a bit more child friendly i will also say as someone who loves star wars dearly season one of star wars clone wars is not very good some people may disagree with me, you're perfectly entitled to your own opinion, but if you compare not only the ratings online as well as most people who've seen all of Clone Wars, we all mutually generally agree that series one is the weakest. Series one is a much more aimed at a younger audience. I feel like it puts a lot of people off because the certain episodes are kind of bland. And the problem is with Star Wars Clone Wars is there's certain episodes where things happen, but it's only in one episode. So arcs can last between one and four or five episodes. Normally I think it's two to four is the standard so you have an arc which is like four episodes long that works really well because you can watch the four episodes and it's almost like a mini movie in certain ways the problem is when you have a lot of episodes that are just one-offs you have a problem presented to you and the episodes are only 20 minutes long all the animated shows resistance rebels and clone wars are all only 20 minutes long whereas obviously mandalorian is between half an hour and 45 minutes or so and the problem is with clone wars is that there's certain episodes that they're 20 minutes long they have a little recappy thing at the start just saying generally what's going on and then you they get presented with a problem which is the first few minutes of the episode then they're dealing with the problem for another 10 minutes and then it gets resolved in the last few minutes of the episode and then the episode ends really at the same place it started which doesn't you watch so many episodes of that same thing happening you watch like 10 or 15 episodes of that just keep on happening it doesn't really go anywhere you're just like all these episodes just start and end within the episode and so i would say that with rebels watch all of it with clone wars There's also the film, and the Clone Wars film is not very good either. I didn't enjoy it when I watched it in the cinema when I was a kid, and I don't enjoy it that much now when I watched it. I only watched it about a few months ago, start of COVID lockdown stuff, because I I watched it with Megan and we watched all of the Clone Wars together. But I got her to skip series one. So even when I'm showing my own girlfriend Star Wars, I skip episodes. So season one of Clone Wars, I would say really you should watch episode, I think it's episode five, which is called Rookies. That's a good one because it introduces you to Domino Squad, who is a prominent squad of clone troopers. Uh, There's Fives, there's Jesse, there's Heavy. There's people who do show up in other episodes as well. And, And Fives especially is quite a prominent character, as is Echo. So Echo and Fives are very prominent characters. Jesse is as well to some degree, but they are prominent. So watching rookies is a good one. Then there's also around the middle of series one of Clone Wars, there's an episode called Grievous Intrigue. And that's a good episode too. That goes into General Grievous a little bit more. You go to like his lair, essentially. And it is it's good. It's not like phenomenal. I think the the Lair of Grievous is probably one of the best episodes in Clone Wars series one. But the rest of the episodes, I'd say you could basically skip all of Series One apart from rookies, Lair of Grievous, and then the very last episode. Because the last episode, I believe. Uh, stuff happens and then it kind of continues on from series two series two you can miss a few episodes but generally speaking i'd say watch all of them i think there's a couple of jar jar episodes that i'm pretty sure you can skip but aside from that you can watch pretty much all of season two and then series three onwards you can watch all of them i will say with people watching clone wars series one is a drag the film is pretty bad and i don't enjoy it but it introduces ahsoka tano really she's just the she's an apprentice of Anakin. He didn't want her. He got her assigned to him and then, you know, they bonded and now he likes her. That That's the whole film. That, like, And it's got fart jokes in it and Jabba the Hutt's son gets stolen. That that That's genuinely most of the film. Um, so that's all you really need to know if you want to skip the film. I would probably say to skip the film and skip pretty much all of series one apart from the episode Rookies, Grievous Intrigue or Lair of Grievous, one of the two, uh, and then the last episode. Series two, you can watch basically all of it. And I will say series three is really good of clone wars but series four hits it up a notch if you are on series three right now and you're watching it and you're like how ah, does this get much better series four of clone wars is absolutely amazing so is series five series six is pretty good it's got some like it's good but it's not like phenomenal and then series seven is a it's really really good but the last four episodes of series seven of the clone wars are within their own right phenomenal. If you look at the reviews online, I think the last three or four episodes of the Clone Wars Series 7 have got like 9.7, 9.8 on IMDb, which is almost unheard of. Just like the finale of Star Wars Rebels Series 2, which is also phenomenal. So the animated series, i kind of rambled on there for a bit. They're really good, excluding Resistance. They're worth a watch, especially Clone Wars and Rebels. Genuinely worth a watch, but take it from me. Skip pretty much all of Series 1 of Clone Wars. The next question actually comes from Tony Farina of Indie Comics Spotlight, and he asks if there are any comics which are not published by Marvel which are still canon. Now, essentially, just in brief, if people aren't already aware, my show, Star Wars Comics and Canon, what you're currently listening to, it focuses on the comics that are canon. Very briefly, canon and legends. Disney, when they took over, basically put their foot down uh, towards the end of 2014 and said anything made before 2014 is not canon. Now, canon basically means... it's not quite correct but in layman's terms it's like the correct universe so very very simply that you've got the main star wars films they all interconnect none of them contradict each other majorly some can argue there's little subtle things but generally the whole storyline is continuity wise doesn't contradict itself so that's the nine star wars films that are the skywalker saga as well as the two anthology movies solo and rogue one they all connect that's fine then you've got clone wars the clone wars were made before 2014 apart from series 7 they have said all the clone wars are also canon that it's the 3d animated ones that are on disney plus right now that have got ahsoka in it ahsoka tano they've got rex in it and that sort of thing the 2d cartoon ones which are made were made a little while before that they are not canon the things that happen in the 2d animated clone wars series that doesn't have a soaker in it or anything like that they are not canon they are in legends legends basically just means that they have not been confirmed as being canon in in layman's terms there's a lot of stuff that in legends which contradicts the canon there's a lot of things in legends that contradicts legends and what disney did because there was so much content released after the main star wars films in the late 70s and early 80s there are lots of books that come out that continued the story and all these other things they introduced thrawn and lots of other stuff but the problem is is that because there was no driving force to control it all, what eventually happened by the time sort of after the prequels came out, there's more content coming out and more legends. By the time Disney bought Lucasfilm, the problem is, is that there were stories that were contradicting each other. There are certain stories that were really naff and quite silly and not great quality in a lot of ways. There were a lot of them that were amazing and really good quality, but a lot of them were not, including my favorite Star Wars game is The Force Unleashed. Love that. I've even got a tattoo of Galen Marek slash Starkiller from The Force Unleashed. My favourite game. But the problem is is that the main character is so ridiculously powerful it just doesn't make sense in the universe anymore. The character of Starkiller is so powerful he can take on Vader and Palpatine basically at the same time and beat them. Kind of. Without spoiling it. And it's like you can't have a character that's that powerful because it just undermines all the other characters in it and it doesn't make sense. There's things that happen after Return of the Jedi in Legends which would completely contradict the sequel trilogy and obviously what Disney wanted to do is create an all new trilogy. So what they did is they put their foot down and said, anything created before this date, none of it is canon, none of it is in this current continuity we've got this just the 11 star wars films we've got the clone wars series it's 3d animated we've got the rebel series and then we've got resistance and the mandalorian any books or comics published after late 2014 but to make it easy 2015 anything published after 2015 is just automatically canon unless it specifically says it's not there's a few things that have been published which are not canon and they're just reprints of old stuff and they will have the legends tag written on it there's books that have it there's comics that have that and they will say legends on it in case you're a little bit confused you can just go online and wikipedia has a big old list of everything that's canon and things that aren't canon now for clarity. The holiday special as well is not canon just to clarify anyone who's wondering about that one of the terrible things that's not canon i I think that's legends i'm not even sure that's really classed as legends to be honest with you but this is what i mean so wave tony's question is there anything anymore the only thing that i can find that was actually not published by marvel that is a comic that is canon is something i've covered on i think episode two of the show is the son of dathomir comic which is darth maul darth maul, son of dathomir that was released and it is set between seasons six and seven of the clone wars it was released under dark horse publishing when disney basically owned lucasfilm they moved all of the comics to marvel because disney owned marvel and marvel obviously one of the world's biggest comic publishers so what they did is they basically reprinted darth maul, son of dathomir under the marvel banner It's exactly the same content. I think everything in the whole comic is exactly the same. It just says Marvel on it instead of Dark Horse. So if you own Darth Maul Son of Dathomir and it says Dark Horse on it, it is still canon. Everything that happens it's still confirmed in current continuity. All the other things, there are Marvel comics which are Legends material because Marvel owned the rights to print most of the Star Wars comics in the pre-2000s, I believe. There There was a point, I think it was 90s or early 2000s, where Dark Horse took over the printing for Star Wars comics and they printed a load, and then obviously went back to Marvel when Disney owned it. So, in short answer, the only comic printed before 20, late 2014 that is still canon is Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir. All the other ones are Legends. However, there's one slight thing, which is there's a company called IDW Publishing. They publish Star Wars comics at the moment as well. They're not Marvel. They are not owned by disney but they are in partnership with disney and idw produce basically the forces of destiny miniseries as well as the star wars adventures comics now the only reason i don't cover them on my show is because star wars adventures is aimed at very young audience they're aimed at beginners of like beginner readers as in really young kids we're talking you know between the ages of like 7 to 12 that sort of age. And the thing is is that they are still canon. The things that happen in there, I think for the most part are canon. I I i recall reading somewhere that there might be the odd thing that maybe contradicts a little bit, but I think it's more I don't think that's been specifically confirmed. But generally IDW Stars Adventures comics they are canon, but they're aimed at kids and they're not that satisfying to read for me as an adult. I've only got limited time in my life and reading all the kids' books is or uh, kids' comics is not really what I want to do. So all the books that have been released since 2015, anything new that comes out now, just assume it is in the canon. If you see it saying Legends, you know, there, there's a couple of weird books. There's like The Legends of Luke Skywalker. That book is a canon book. But the things within it are legends. So only certain things in the book could be, could actually have happened. But part of the fun in that book, I think there's a new one out as well, like a Dark Legends book as well. And then there's another one, I think, called Myths and Fables. So there's like three now Star Wars books, which are canon, but they're talking about in universe myths and legends. So, I mean, that's a bit of a weird place to be in, but those things have to be taken with a pinch of salt as well. So I hope I've kind of cleared up that sort of (laughs) rambly answer, but I hope I've cleared up. Another question I've been asked by Tony once again is comic characters who would work on the big screen. So there are certain characters in the comics that don't appear elsewhere or haven't appeared on as you say, the, the big screen, basically meaning in the films or I think in the animated or live action series. The main character I think of is Dr. Aphra dr afra she i have a feeling is going to appear in the uh, the big screen me and tony are going to be doing an episode about afra when i finish the main run of darth vader comics uh, which is only going to be in a couple weeks i'm then going to do an episode i think it's going to be episode 30 where tony's going to come on and we're just going to talk about dr afra as a character because he hasn't read the afra comics he's basically reading the darth vader comics alongside me doing these episodes so he's kind of up to date as i am Now, obviously, I've read most of the comics before. Anyway, I've read all the Afro comics, so that's all jazz. Now, Doctor Afra, she is an incredible character. Now, she's in the Darth Vader comics. She has her own run of of Doctor Afro comics, and then they've done another one of Doctor Afro comics, which is the next run of them. The next run of Doctor Afro comics is set after Empire Strikes Back. The other afro comics and her appearances in the vader comics is set between a new hope and empire strikes back now i will clarify in the book a certain point of view which is 40 short stories of side characters basically retelling the events of a new hope but from a different perspective dr afra is in one of those stories or as in she is the main character in one of those stories so she was in that she was then in the uh, darth vader comic people liked her so much she got her own run of comics. Which lasted quite a while. She got a second run of comics as well, which is now ongoing. I think it's only on the third or fourth issue. And also, mysteriously, Star Wars have released the Dr. Afra audiobook, which is basically summarizing her time in the Vader comics, and I believe the first run of Dr. Afra comics, but from her first person perspective it might only be the Darth Vader comics I haven't listened to it personally so apologies there I know it's definitely uh, what her time in the Vader comics and from her perspective and there's like additional chapters I think it's like flashbacks and things like that and it's like her recording a journal a diary entry so it's someone playing Dr Aphra reading out her like re- writing a journal essentially and it's apparently is really really good um but if you've read all the comics and you know everything about Aphra it doesn't necessarily add that much it just gives that first person perspective and adds a few like extended additional scenes and things now the thing that's a bit weird about this is why i say it's weird is it doesn't happen that often Is in there's been no other characters they've done it for why release an audiobook for a character who already has the stories written well i think the answer is that she is going to come in on the big screen now an animated series with her or a live action series with her would be incredible because she is basically just indiana jones but morally bankrupt she's like a there's more to her than that she's a very intense and very clever and very interesting character but just to be brief she's kind of like the opposite of indiana jones in some ways now a series with her would be incredible because she would just be going around the universe going and finding crazy cool artifacts and stuff like indiana jones did and it would be a lot of fun but one suspicion i have and almost the only reason i'm even saying it and i'm going to repeat it when i talk to tony is just in case i'm right There's there's a director called Takai Waititi, and he is teaming up with Kathleen Kennedy, who is the current, I believe, CEO of Lucasfilm, and they are making a film together. It's a Star Wars film. Apparently it's going to be, I don't think rom-com, the word rom-com was used, but apparently it's more of romance, more comedic than previous Star Wars films have been and Takai Watiti for people who may recognize the name he directed Thor Ragnarok which is one of my favorite uh, Marvel films he also directed What We Do in the Shadows which is a film that's also been turned into a series as well and I think he's had quite a big hand in the series he also has done the film Hunt for the World People which is one of my favorite films ever I love that movie and he also did a film called Boy now he also did Jojo Rabbit which is one of his newest films and that is a film about a young boy in the Nazis it's a comedy film it's like a black comedy it sounds, if you haven't seen the trailer and things, it sounds really weird. But if you watch the trailer, it's it's a really cool film. He, I have a feeling, a weird feeling, you know, I have a feeling about this, that maybe what him and Kathleen Kennedy are doing is a Dr. Aphra movie. Now, I could be wrong. It could just be one of the many series that uh, Star Wars is making, Lucasfilm is making, slash Disney. And I, I think I would probably prefer a Dr. Aphra series, I think. But I have a suspicion that she might be in the movies. Now... She'd be a great character because she's flushed out, there's a lot to her. Her kind of homicidal droid sidekicks, Triple Zero and BT-1, they're basically, if R2-D2 and C-3PO were evil maniacs who liked killing people and draining their blood, Yes, I said draining their blood. That is, I'd love to see them on screen. I'd love to see Triple Zero voiced by Anthony Daniels who voices C-3PO as well. That would make my life. But another character I'd really like who could work on screen is Sana Staros. Uh, I've spoken about her in the main one of Star Wars comics. She was an associate of Han Solo's before and she kind of gets wrapped up and involved with the rebellion in certain ways. She's only in the comics to my knowledge and she'd be a really cool character as well. Just, yeah, she's just a cool character. And another character who is in other content I do not believe she has been in any films or TV series or anything like that. I think she's only been in the books and the comics. There's a character called Ray Sloan. She is an Imperial officer and she is a very complex and interesting character. She is most prominent in the Aftermath trilogy. The Aftermath trilogy is three books written by Chuck Wendig. They are the i think the second star wars books i ever read after the book ahsoka and they are incredible they're quite big they're 400 or so pages long each but they are amazing there's three of them aftermath aftermath life debt and aftermath empire's end and it basically spans over the year and a half after return of the jedi up until and past the battle of jakku now the battle of jakku is something that is referenced quite a lot in star wars but no one seems or not no one people don't know about it that much because it's very much focused in the aftermath book and it's in star wars battlefront 2 there's uh you can do the battle of jakku as like a map thing i believe and also Rey in the force awakens she's on jakku obviously and she, there's a superstar destroyer which when you first see Rey, she's going around and scrounging and stealing or taking stuff from it you know scavenging well that superstar destroyer is i believe it's the one that's on the cover of the book empire's end and also it's how it crashes onto jakku is actually spoken about in the book now the reason i bring this up is because ray sloan is very prominent in the aftermath trilogy she is she, i won't spoil what happens with her at the end of the book or anything like that but i just think there's enough to do with her that she's also i'm, I'm pretty sure she's also in the main run of star wars comics I'm, I'm pretty certain that she is in the star wars comics so you do get to see her uh in that in, involved but i want to see more of her because she is a very very interesting individual so ray sloan dr afra and sana staris are probably the three main characters that are in the comics that i'd like to see on the big screen or in some sort of series following on from that i want to do one of the questions that max Byrne of mandatory marvel and dc has asked me and he asked what hasn't yet had the comic book treatment that needs it now one of the things that i think uh, would actually be really good bouncing off what i just said is the battle of jakku now it's in the aftermath book and any of us who've read the aftermath book know it's really really cool and it's a lot of fun, but the thing is is that reading a space battle in a book, as amazing of a writer Chuck Wendig is, and he's very visual and you can really feel like you're there, I think the comic would be the next logical step. If we had a mini-series just called The Battle of Jakku, it could even just follow some random rebel or imperial officer or anyone uh, like that, it would just be really cool to see The Battle of Jakku in a way that someone didn't have to read three four to five hundred page books to understand. And I feel like a comic could do really well of just kind of expressing that, even if it was just within a series. If there was some comic series set shortly after Return of the Jedi, I mean, I know there's a mini series called Shattered Empire, which I've done. Essentially, I I did this quite early on on the channel, and it's a fun one. But that doesn't really go in depth about it because Shattered Empire is set hours after the end of Return of the Jedi, and I believe the Battle of Jakku is around a year to a year and a half after Return of the Jedi. So I think the Battle of Jakku would be one of the best things. The other thing I'd really like to see is Luke and Leia's Jedi Training. Probably that as a mini series as well, maybe four or five issues. Ten would be quite cool, but I don't think Star Wars generally do issues of ten. They generally do a one shot, four or five as a mini series, or then a full 25 to 75 run. And I think that Luke and Leia, their Jedi Training, you you got to see a little bit of it in The Rise of Skywalker. I wouldn't class that as a spoiler, but you know, Rise of Skywalker's been out for a while now, so sorry. But they did some Jedi training together. I think it's lightly spoken about in the book Bloodline, which I've read as well, which is brilliant. And so there's little hints of it, but they don't don't do it for that long. I I seem to recall, I think, in the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker, which I want to clarify I haven't read, but I've spoken to a lot of people about it and heard a lot of people speak about it and looked into it online and things, uh, is that their training only lasted a few weeks or a few months. And then Leia had this vision, and then she didn't want to be a Jedi anymore, and she decided to go on the path of politics, which is completely fine. Now, with that in mind... I feel like there could just be such a cool few comics just about their interaction because apparently Leia was far more attuned with the force than Luke was in the way of, she just picked up things way quicker than he did and that she had the potential to be even more powerful than he was. She just chose not to be. She didn't choose to pursue herself in that realm. She wanted to become a political idealist. She wanted to, you know, push for the rebellion, which eventually became, you know, the new Republic. And then she started the resistance and things. uh, And then obviously, everything that happens in the sequel trilogy now with leia she's one of my favorite styles characters i think she's one of the most powerful in not just the force but i mean as in just as a person she's incredible and i think that those comics it would do her justice of showing a bit more as to why a bit more of what the training kind of had and some of the apparently they had like quite a good camaraderie between Luke and Leia they kind of like uh they had sibling rivalry in a lot of ways which is something we really haven't seen in any of the films which I'd really like to see that the only other thing I'd like to see is Luke constructing his lightsaber I believe it's a deleted scene in episode six however I believe that the deleted scenes from most of the Star Wars films as in the original ones. I think most of them aren't canon anymore. Some are, some aren't. I think it's a bit hazy in certain ways. But I'm pretty sure there's a deleted scene from episode six that has Luke constructing his green lightsaber that you see at the start of the film. And I'm pretty certain that isn't canon anymore. Now, there is a the new run of Star Wars comics. So the original one that was 75 issues. That was between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, which is three years. So there's a lot of content in there and that's when the Darth Vader comic's set, and that's when the Doctor Aphra comic's set. The new run of Vader comics, which is the third run of Vader comics, the second run of Doctor Aphra, and the second run of Star Wars main run comics are all set between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Now that is only one year, so in theory they have a third of the amount of content or time they could use for that amount of content. And what I'm hoping is that the run of Star Wars comics will go into luke building his new lightsaber from what i've read so far it is probably going to go that way and i really hope it is because i hope we get a canon answer as to how he got his green lightsaber how he learned to make it and things because obviously when you see luke in a new hope and empire strikes back he's just carrying anakin's lightsaber he hasn't even constructed his own so seeing that in comic would be really cool and i think that is what's going to happen Now, we're getting towards the end here because I've got a few other things I could mention, but I don't really want this episode to be hours and hours long. Um, So one of the other questions that Max Byrne asked me was, what comic was the biggest letdown? Um, Or what one was I really excited for? And then it came out and it wasn't as good. Now, I would say I do enjoy pretty much all the Star Wars comics. I would say the main run of Star Wars comics, there's a few arcs that are just a bit naff, that aren't as exciting and aside from that i think that pretty much all the other ones are really interesting the miniseries are pretty good but i will say that there's a series called vader dark visions which i will go into at some point in the show but it's essentially four i think it might be five but i think it's four one-shot comics that are they're not one-shots because they're part of the vader dark visions but each of them is a story of someone who has interacted with vader in some way uh, in vagueness there's one about a woman who really fancies vader and it's like what how she interacts with him and where that leads her there's one which is about people who view vader as a savior i think he crashes on some sort of planet and he ends up defeating this giant monster thing just because it was going to attack him and he kind of becomes this almost god of these people there's other ones which are how imperial officers view him and then there's another one that i can't fully remember those ones are good but i wanted a lot more vader and it was it was Vader, it, it was what they said on the tin, but I think I just want a bit more from Vader Dark Visions and what I kind of got. Still a really good comic, I would recommend it, you can get the little collection of them as well, and they're fun, uh, but they're not the best Vader content by any stretch. And the other one I'd say is actually one that I covered only a few weeks ago, or it's probably months ago now, was the Mace Windu comics. Now, and the only reason I say they're a bit of a letdown was... I mean, this is me, this is myself only just having wishful thinking. I kind of wanted it to be, the first four comics was Mace Windu, you know, in the Clone Wars and things. And then the last one was him maybe surviving after that, that sort of episode three battle. I know a lot of people, there's a lot of people sort of uh, arguing in the Star Wars community about whether or not they would want Mace Windu to actually be alive. Obviously, Samuel Jackson says he is alive, but Samuel Jackson does not control the canon and obviously he wants the character to be alive because it's his character, essentially. Uh, obviously, George Lucas created the character, but, you know, Samuel Jackson lived the character. I really like Mace Windu in a sense of, although I blame him quite a lot for Anakin's Fall to the Dark Side, aside from Palpatine, I think Mace Windu is the next one to blame uh, close by Obi Wan. As much as I love Obi Wan as well, it is kind of his fault. But that's a conversation for a whole nother day. I would really be interested to see if mace windu did survive the attack by Anakin and Palpatine. What happened to him? Would he go to the dark side? Because the reason is that his lightsaber is purple is partially to show him kind of being up and close to the dark side without fully let giving himself to it. And also his lightsaber form, which is something I'm going to go into another episode as well at some point. There's lightsaber forms, there's six of them essentially, there's a more defensive one which Obi-Wan uses, there's a more aggressive one that Anakin uses, there's one that's more f- best for dueling two opponents at once, which dark- that Dooku specializes in, and the one that Mace Windu does, to my knowledge he's the only person who actually can do it, I believe it's, I think it's form 6, but it might be form 7, I, I can't fully remember, I should look this up, it's called Vapad, and it is essentially using the enemy's power against them which is one of the only reasons why Mace Windu can beat Palp when Kit Fisto and the other two Jedi whose names escape me at the moment when they go and approach Palp and he just does this 720 flip spin thing and then cuts through all of them pretty much immediately, except Mace Windu. Why Mace Windu can fight off against one of the most powerful Sith in all of Star Wars in a lightsaber battle pretty easily when his Jedi Master colleagues, including Kit Fistu, who's meant to be a Master Duelist, get wrecked immediately is because he utilizes Vapad. And Vapad is, yeah, he uses the dark side against them. So if someone uses the dark side against him, he kind of redirects it back at them. But doing that gets you quite close to the dark side. You kind of get the taste for power in some ways so I believe what it said online is a lot of the people who tried Vapad either fail miserably or fall to the dark side that's the kind of vagueness of it Um, and so Mace Windu I kind of I would like to see him live after Revenge of the Sith people have survived worse Maul definitely did and so I feel like he could have maybe survived in some way. Maybe he went to some sort of horrendous coma and just wakes up after the sequel trilogy. That would be quite cool just to see um, him. And then maybe he'd be the antagonist of Rey. I don't know. I just want to see him again. I really like Mace Windu as a character. Even though I don't like him necessarily as a person, I think he complements the, the trilogy, the prequel trilogy, very well. And although the comic miniseries is good, especially with the connection with Proset Dibs and then him becoming an Inquisitor and things, which is really cool. I like that. But I just felt like the plot itself was a bit thin in some ways. And that, my expectation for that was a bit too high for it. And also, it was called. I think it's the, the the sort of banner is Jedi of the Republic, Mace Windu. And what I was hoping for is loads of Jedi of the Republic comics to come out. I'd really like to see a mini-series about Kit Fisto, a mini-series about Plo Koon, a mini-series about Shark T and Aayla Secura. Like, a lot of the... It would be quite cool just to call, like, Jedi Masters of the Republic and then just have all of the jedi masters on the council who are maybe at the time of the clone wars maybe at the time of Revenge of the sith because obviously they do kind of change a little bit just to have a little mini series or even one shots about these masters because unless you've seen the clone war series most people don't really know anything about plo koon or elisa cleara or shark t apart from maybe the old school battlefront games so i would really like to see that as well but yeah the mace windu and vader dark visions are the only ones that are probably let down but in all honesty they're not let down they're still really fun. It's just I kind of expected a bit too much from them. The last thing I will quickly say, uh, I'll briefly talk about Maul in a second, but I'm going to say the thing I'm most excited for in Star Wars comics coming out, um, which a couple of people asked me, is The High Republic. I cannot wait for the high republic comics and books to come out it's going to be the start of 2021 it was meant to be around now but it got postponed due to covid lockdown blah which saddens me greatly but it gave me time to kind of catch up on comics in a lot of ways the high republic comics there's going to be a star wars adventures one for young readers which i'm not going to really touch unless some other people read them and say they're amazing which i doubt Um, but they're going to be focusing on yoda to my knowledge in the high republic the high republic is 200 years before phantom menace set around 232 years before the battle of yavin and Phantom Menace is 32 years before the Battle of Yavin so 200 years before that obviously Yoda is like 900 around the Skywalker saga so Yoda's going to be about 700 (laughs) at this time and so the Star Wars adventure comics written produced by idw they're going to have yoda in it but i think it's quite much more of the sort of younglings going on journeys and finding out life lessons things there's the other comic series i'm much more excited about which to my knowledge is just called the high republic and it's going to be a comic series set at that time and then there's also i believe three books coming out at the high Republic. The first book is an air quotes adult novel, so just standard novel. It's called Star Wars, The High Republic, Light of the Jedi. That's written by Charles Saul, who did the second run of Vader comics, the Lando comic, the Rise of Kylo Ren miniseries, the Obi-Wan and Anakin miniseries. I've covered him quite a lot on this podcast. I love him. (laughs) Uh, The next one is a young adult novel, which is by Claudia Gray, and that is The High Republic Into the Dark. And then there's going to be high republic a test of courage by justina ireland and that's going to be a middle grade novel so the justina island one is going to be more so sort of youngish people you know probably 12 ish years old that's sort of 12 plus almost the next one young adult novel that's going to be more so like 14 15 years old plus and then the adult novel is just going to be standard adult but obviously star wars very rarely tackles sex drugs are very kind of subtle and this and there's pretty much no swear words so with the adult novel it's more so it's very wordy They're like 400 pages and there's a lot of big words essentially there's adult themes and people get killed in pretty unpleasant ways but young adult novels are also fairly close to that sort of thing. So I'm going to be definitely getting the Light of the Jedi novel and also the Into the Dark novel. I probably won't be getting the Test of Courage, but I am going to be getting the High Republic comic series, which is by Caven Scott. So starting next year, I'm very excited to get into the High Republic stuff. And the final thing I'm going to talk about before I end up here, and thank you for listening to me talk all this time, guys. I don't normally talk for, let me look at the time, it's around 40, 50 minutes now. Uh, so the last thing I'm just going to say is about Maul, because Max Byrne did actually ask me about uh, Maul a little bit. And obviously I did episode two about Maul, and that gives a lot more bigger answer. And that goes into the comics and all sorts of other things. But I will just say, obviously a lot of people saw Maul essentially die in The Phantom Menace, and then you watch Solo and he pops up again, and then there's nothing else. Well, very, very quickly... He gets cut in half in Phantom Menace in the Clone Wars series, around series three or four. You know, I'm not going to tell you when, but if you watch Clone Wars series three or four, you'll then find more Maul. So watch, you know, Clone Wars. It's amazing. Um, Clone Wars, uh, Maul comes back, essentially. Um, someone, I won't spoil it, but someone finds him and he has like robotic legs and he's completely mental he's lost it he's gone off his rocker he manages to come back to the line of sanity to some degree terrorizes the galaxy quite a lot stuff happens and he kind of disappears for a while and while he's doing that he kind of builds up this sort of it's called crimson dawn it's like a, a drug lord crime syndicate that he puts together or he rather goes in kills all the leaders and then tells all the second in command you listen to me or i'm going to kill you all uh, which he does very well and he leads that in Solo, which is I think it's around 10 or so years after uh, Revenge of the Sith, that, when you see Maul in it, that is, you know, he's in the middle of the the Empire. He's kind of at the, in theory, the peak of his power in a, in a sense of being a crime lord and things. Law Maul then comes back in Star Wars Rebels. This would be a spoiler, but Disney Plus, on the poster for Star Wars Rebels, shows Darth Maul's face, even though he doesn't appear in it for a while, but I'm going to put that aside, even though that really annoys me, because when I should watch it with Megan, she goes, oh, Maul's in this. It's like, yep, you see it within, he's not even in the first series at all, he's not really in the second series, so it's like he doesn't come into it till much later on, and he's on the bloody poster. Anyway, then Darth Maul is in Star Wars Rebels again, he's in that, much more of his story is told, and that's that, that obviously that's pretty much all the content we've got, he's not in Resistance or, uh, obviously, Mandalorian, so that's where we've got so far so if you want the complete story of Maul just watch Clone Wars and then watch Rebels and then you can read other comics and stuff and we'll see if anything else pops up and that's really it guys I just want to give a little more explanation just because yeah some people have seen Solo and are confused and don't really want to watch listen to me talk about Maul for 20 minutes or read loads of comics or watch all the series blah 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 so he got cut in half and he survived and he's fine <laughs> essentially uh, and he's one of my favorite characters uh essentially aside from that that's pretty much all i'm gonna say i think um i was potentially going to talk about my favorite films in order some of my favorite characters and other things like that but i don't want this just to become this ridiculously conflated runtime so i'm just gonna hold those questions back and then when i do another q a which will probably be around episode 50 i would assume unless i get loads of questions before that and i decide to do another episode at some point i'll save them for then i guess to say what my favorite films are and things and who knows maybe there'll be another film out by the time i do that Probably not because that's going to be another 25 weeks. Anyway, I'm going to digress. I've already started doing that and I'm rambling on like a madman and I've just been talking non-stop for the last hour or so so now my brain's starting to fry. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Q&A episode. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all of the guys listening and sharing the shows and contacting me and telling me how much you enjoy it and sending me questions. I really appreciate it and I love doing it. As you can probably tell by this episode and all the other ones, I'm a massive Star Wars nerd, so any excuse to talk about Star Wars a lot makes me very happy. If you have any queries, questions, or anything like that, please hit me up. I'm on all social media at Genuine Chit Chat, which is my other podcast. Uh, you can email me at Star Wars Comics in Canon at Outlook.com or Genuine Chit Chat at Outlook.com. They go to the same inbox, but you know. And check out my other show, Genuine Chit Chat. I have different people on relatively every episode and we talk about lots of different things. There's been episodes recently about just superhero stuff and nerdy things. There's been episodes about meditation, traveling, uh, current political climates, uh, all kinds of different things. I- I've spoken about relatively every subject now, I think. Apart from, I think, cars. I think cars is probably the only thing I haven't really spoken about, but that's because I know very little about cars uh, and don't really have that much interest in them. But if I got the right guest, I don't know. I've spoken about Star Wars quite a lot on it as well, uh, which is fun. So if you want more Star Wars content, go through Genuine Chit Chat and you'll find the odd episode about Star Wars. But a lot of the content is coming out here. That is about it for me, guys. Next week is going to be the Count Dooku episode. So I'll talk about his Age of Republic comic one shot, and I'll talk about his time, you know, when he was trained by Yoda, then Qui Gon, then how he fell to the dark side, and all that sort of other jazz episode 27 is going to be the next uh, line of the main run of star wars comics so that's going to be volume four of star wars last flight of the harbinger or harbinger whatever episode 28 I think might be my book review of Master and Apprentice. I haven't set on that yet, but I think that'll probably be around the time because I just finished it and it'll be fresh on my mind. Episode 29 will be Darth Vader volume four, end of games, which is the end of the first run of Darth Vader comics. And then episode 30 is likely going to be an episode with Tony Farina, where we, it's kind of like introducing Dr. Afra. We're basically going to be talking about her time in the Vader comics, what Tony wants from the series because he hasn't read it yet, as well as just a bit more information about Afra, And we're just going to have a little chinwag about that because it's a nice. 30th episode special and then after that you know I said the Darth Vader comics will have been finished by then as in the first run so I'll continue my sort of uh, once a month thing where the Vader ones would be continuing the Afra comics and then I think once I finish the Afra comics and stuff I don't know where I'm going to go from there because the Star Wars comics have got like 75 issues out so I have a feeling that when I finish the Afra comics I think there'll still be Star Wars ones to go maybe that'll be the point that I start the second darth vader run which is set after avenger the sith because i would say i'll just go on to the third run of vader comics or the next run of dr afro comics but they haven't even finished their first arcs yet so although there's going to be several weeks into the future i'd rather kind of try and get an ongoing series that's kind of finished before starting the next ones but let me know if you guys have any opinions on that sort of matter i'm happy to listen uh, i may not do it specifically but i will definitely listen and respond to you and yeah, I'll be doing the Age of Republic comics, the one-shots coming up, so there'll be special, like, episodes, one-off about certain characters. It's going to be fun to do. Uh, and I'm going to soon start reading the Poe Dammering comics as well. No idea what I'm going to be talking about those, but they're the only comics I haven't read yet. I think the Poe Dameron ones and the TIE Fighter miniseries, I think, are the only comics I haven't done yet. I'm going to do the Thrawn comic as well at some point in the future, which is an adaptation of the Thrawn book. But that is enough from me talking I want to just say thanks again, guys. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot to me, the amount of people who are listening to the show and the amount of people who contact me and speak about the show and blah, blah, blah. I love it. It's great. If you go on Instagram at Genuine Chit Chat, you'll see me post photos when I get little descriptions of the episodes. I post photos of the covers, some of the variant covers, the title crawl, that sort of jazz as well, and other stuff to do with my podcast and food and films and etc etc. So follow me on social media, please and thank you. Really appreciate you guys. I'll talk to all of you next week, and may the Force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. This week, Comics in Motion has an excellent offer exclusively for our listeners. TKO Comics is revolutionising the comic industry. They have creator-owned series from heavy hitters like Garth Ennis, Jeff Lemire, Joshua Desart, Roxanne Gay, and many more. If you go to tkopresents.com slash discount slash motion 20 and use the code MOTION20 at checkout, you'll receive a 20% discount exclusively for Comics and Motion listeners. That's tkopresent.com slash discount slash motion 20 and use the promo code MOTION20. Happy reading.